Hello. Uh, okay. Well, that's too oh, loud. No! Well, that's too loud. <laughs> Hey, welcome to The Off-Five, a podcast about The Office, where we talk about The Office. It's a show. That's right. My name's Nathan. I'm Addie. How are you, Addie? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. How was your birthday? Oh, it was great. It was actually really good. Um, Yeah, if you saw on the Facebook page, somebody from my work, they made me a sign that said, it is your birthday with a period. Nice. And a bunch of balloons blown up halfway. Yeah. Brown and silver ones. To match the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yep. And now you're 50, 51? 52. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this episode's called The Return, and it's uh, unfortunately part of a two-parter or something. Yeah. On the DVD, yes. On Netflix, it's two separate episodes, and they switch up the deleted scenes Add some in, take some out. Now I know what you're thinking. I don't care about the DVD. I don't watch the DVD. I watch the Netflix. That's why I pay for Netflix. Well, in 2021, not to date the podcast, but in 2021, you won't be able to watch your Netflix anymore. So you're going to either be subscribing to NBC Universal's new streaming platform. No. Or you're going to buy the DVD box set and then you're going to have to watch the DVD every day i would buy the dvd now just as insurance i saw a meme of someone that posted like uh me with my box seasons of the office in december 2020 and it was dwight saying la 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 in front of all the princess unicorns <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah it's a good idea well let's go into this episode which we're calling season three episode 14 because that's what wikipedia called it and the date was january 18th 2007 winter time and here's a thing where we read the description in case you're not familiar with the office no i'm sure you are but in case you forgot what happens in this episode exactly in the episode the office celebrates oscar martinez's return who had been on vacation since the first episode of the season wow gay witch hunt meanwhile a recently departed Dwight Schrute finds a job at Staples. And spoiler, but he also returns, which is why I think the title is really good, because it used to be called Oscar's Return. Oh. But instead, it becomes like a double return. And then someone leaves, too. That's right. Andrew Bernard. He returns to not at the office. He returns the outside world. to um, a skill that he probably should have learned a long time ago, hmm. anger management. Yep. Well, so every time I'm looking at it and I go, oh, traveling salesman. I forget what that episode is about usually. Oh, oh this is the one where Dwight leaves. Then I see return and I'm like, oh, that's the one where Dwight comes back. And then I'm usually surprised that Oscar came back. Yeah, same. But if you were watching a TV guide or something and it said the return, you might be like, oh, Dwight's coming back right away. Who cares? But then when it started, you'd be like, oh, it, Dwight, it's actually referring to Oscar that's coming back, not Dwight. And then Dwight comes back too. Yeah. It's beautiful. Snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> You'd be so surprised. You have no idea the emotional toll it takes on me. Yeah, to not know whether or not Dwight's coming back. Uh, okay, so here we go. It's called Great Scott Production of Trivia. Uh, that's a little bit of trivia for you about the Oscars return, but this episode is written by Michael Schur and Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stepinski. So it's like 
classic the warehouse Chio. guys. Yeah. Yeah, like the Neapolitan ice cream of office writers. Oh. And it was directed by Greg Daniels. So he's no hack. He knows what the U.S. version of The Office is all about because of he created it. Nice job, Greg. Um, Oscar came back because he was on a television series called Halfway Home on Comedy Central when he was gone. I was wondering, was Andrew Bernard or what's his name? Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Is he going to record The Hangover or something? Oh, I was don't know. Was that around the same time? Maybe, maybe. 2007? It does say, it didn't say that, but it did say that they weren't sure he was coming back when he left. Oh, man, we almost got rid of him. <laughs> um, but he he did come back. And also, there's some other trivia about Ed Helms. Okay. He actually bloodied his knuckles while punching the wall. He had to I can imagine. Five or six times. I don't know how he didn't do that originally. Like, that drywall must not be very strong. And it's a good thing he didn't hit a stud. Yep. Like Jim. Oh. <laughs> Later on, Jim says, uh, noted stud, says, oh, that's half inch dr- drywall. No, it's oh, not. Is that what he said? You see it. It's like, it looks like, uh, I don't know, glorified cardboard. But I guess it can still bloody a knuckle if it's, it means to be punchable, not like cardboard. So, yeah. I think maybe they spray some cardboard with liquid nitrogen so that you can shatter it with your fist. Ooh. That's what I would do. That sounds cool. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> well, no, in the Mighty Ducks up. 3, they spray the uniforms with liquid nitrogen, and when they fall to the ground, they shatter. That's cool. And I know that that's known for its science. So, science. And now you know science. I know. By listening to this podcast. Uh, you know the science. Oh, Kevin Riley, who is the president of NBC, is the first person that's interviewing Dwight. Oh. So he's. I wonder how he got that job. Yeah. Nepotism from himself <laughs> here's a good one ed helms recorded the cell phone thing oh yeah on home at at home on his computer just like he says that's awesome yeah that is really cool that takes a lot of practice because i hate when they do that where it's like oh this person did this on their own but then they just get like a professional to do it you know yeah it's nice when you'd be like whatever they probably have the same level of skill as Ed Helms, although you think Ed Helms is uh, more famous and probably doesn't have as much free time as Andy Bernard, <laughs> you know, because his time is more valuable. But yeah, I, and he's actually a pretty good singer. Like, I don't, I, not my type of singing that I would want to listen to all the time or as a ringtone, but he can hold a tune in a bucket. Those pipes. Those wind pipes. They used to call him Buzz. Yeah. He got straight bees. <laughs> well, I would love to have that as my ringtone. But I always have my phone on vibrate, so I feel like it wouldn't be that worthwhile. Yeah, and I made the mistake once of setting my alarm in the morning as the office um, theme song. And then for years afterward, every time I would watch The Office... You'd wake up? I'd be like, ah! Pavlo would have a response, and you'd yeah. start drooling. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. But this isn't like your favorite song it's only in one episode and it's already annoying in the episode yeah and so as i was saying that i was thinking actually it might not be a bad idea to have that as a ringtone or as an alarm or you could have idiot idiot idiot, idiot. <laughs> or it could be the all right my humps i don't check it out yeah i still don't think i've heard that real song oh no i'm gonna listen to it you uncultured swine oh I'm sorry. Okay. You need to learn more about your culture. Next time, I'm going to have an acapella version of 
my humps that I did <laughs> at my home computer. <laughs> that would be so awesome. And it'll be my ringtone. That'll be amazing. And it'll go off during the recording and you'll be like, well, turn off your phone. And then I'll be like, do you like that? And then I'll do the same scene. I'm not going to go through it right now. Um, okay. And then there's one other really important bit of trivia. Okay. Which I was actually wondering about. Well, here, let's have a discussion about it as if we don't know anything. Okay. Uh, maybe you don't know anything. Thank you. That would be helpful. But I, I was struggling. Erase it from my mind. I was wondering because I don't like to do a whole bunch of research because it's like sometimes it's not really that useful. Or I don't know. People have reviewed it and said that they did learn things. So maybe we should teach them. But... But they they just don't know that much to begin with, like me. <laughs> well, I mean, you can like read everything if you yeah, want to. If but you want, that's not really what people like about the Office stuff that they've read. Or the Off Five. Oh yeah, you can't read everything about the Off Five. No, you can barely read anything. Okay, go ahead. So what, what was it? So what do you think about Staples being in this episode, and how do you think Staples comes off? Actually, that was one of my questions because it's like chilies how do they get the rights well then chilies had a problem with pam getting drunk and staples i would think would have a problem with them being so gung-ho for this stupid employee that's like such an arrogant and like really bad customer service go with the copy paper it's your funeral yeah and standing right over someone as they're trying to look and then the other coworker being just kind of unfriendly it's not a good look for this big corporation yeah that's what i was thinking too so what happened did you look it up well i wasn't trying to look it up but i accidentally read it what was it reading is an automatic response and once my eyes went over the words i already (laughs) knew the information that it said which i wish worked better when i was studying in school because a lot of times i would read over stuff and then i would get like a page in and be like oh i need to uh listen to what my brain is saying yeah yeah in one ear well it doesn't even go in your ear but anyway (laughs) Um, okay, so it says, as part of the episode is set in one of their stores, office supply chain Staples Inc. watched the episode carefully to ensure they were not portrayed negatively. They were particularly afraid that Dwight's manner of quitting was disrespectful to the company because he throws his uniform off. Oh, yeah. That's the least of... That's the least of their concerns. Staples seems lame. It seems, yeah, like just the corporate sellout that he's just like trying to, you know work there when he's looking for another job oh i wonder if that's why they deleted the scene where he gets promoted to manager yeah and then isn't excited about it at all i bet that's why staples was like um he needs to be stoked when he's riding up the corporate escalator at our fine company staples it it just really helps with the documentary style of it though because if they had to come up with just a random you know, made up name for mm-hmm. this corporate company, it wouldn't make it seem as real. It wouldn't, but they could have blurred it out to where like you clearly oh. knew it was Staples and that would have been fine. But I think that would have been better than them making up a different chain and being like, this is a major chain he's working at. Yeah. Just one you've never heard of for some reason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they talk about Staples a lot being their big competitor. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So now we get into the part of the production where we talk about this kind of irritating thing that they did where they aired the episode separately then combined them to re-air it okay that sounds cool for some reason they added a plot to the first one which was last week's for this one they didn't seem to add much at all but they did take a bunch of stuff out that was actually pretty funny and kind of gave you a bigger bigger diversity i guess bigger selection of characters mm-hmm 
So sometimes I understand why they don't add deleted scenes in to everything because it kind of ruins the flow or something like that. Or maybe like they didn't do the post-production. So like you can tell a lot of times with deleted scenes, it looks bad. It sounds bad. But none of these were like flow stoppers. And they were in the episode. So they already did all the production. Yeah. So I don't know why on the DVD they would slap all these onto the deleted scenes. I watched the episode several times on Netflix the past few days. So when I watch the deleted scenes, I'd be like, oh, that one's not supposed to be in the episode. That one's supposed to be in the episode. And then other ones just are not. And I'm glad that I I normally watch it on Netflix because I did recognize the mm-hmm. scenes from the deleted scenes as scenes from the Netflix version. And did you catch but, any scenes that were added in on the DVD that aren't in the regular one? Well, there was in particular when Jim goes over and asks Karen if he, she wants to be in the prank. There was a kind of like an alternate version of that happening. Oh, yeah. But there wasn't. It didn't seem like there was any added into the real episode for the combined one. No. And there's one deleted scene uh, or just extended at the beginning. So let's go through the ones, not all the deleted scenes, but the ones that are in the episode that are not on this. So one, the first one is Michael and Oscar talking in the parking lot. Oscar and his uh, new sexual harassment settlement company lease he has. But in the deleted scene, it starts a little bit earlier with him showing that he can't get his roof on. Yeah, foreshadowing for later on when yeah. it snows and then he has to shovel it out. And I don't feel like that is necessary. No, it's, it it's, only saves like funny. maybe, I don't know, two seconds. To not two have it? Of, yeah. It's actually funnier to think he's just like, I'm going to ride with the top down today and then, and then didn't think about it all day. Because, you know, that does happen in smaller times where like, our weather's been so crazy in Colorado where it'll be like so hot that you can't close the windows of your car. And then you go into a place and you come out and it's pouring or hailing and then all that's in your car now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like you didn't expect that to happen at all. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like later on to when Dwight thinks that he's taking over as manager, he says that his car is so impractical for the weather there. And it right. is kind of a callback to um, this time. And when he goes out there and it's full of snow, it's his voiceover is saying, it's weird because usually they call me in a cleanup thing. So it's weird that I like created this mess. And then he goes outside. Yeah. Although I have to correct you when Dwight's saying that about the impractical. He's talking about a Sebring. But he's, but that's before this. Oh. Because that's when he like the coup. Okay. So this is a callback to that. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Absolutely. Um, so we've got Oscar coming in saying hello to everyone and people saying hello to Oscar. Um, there's a little bit of that in the other one, but there's more of people just being like, welcome back, Oscar. Not really that Toby. interesting. Yeah. Um, Creed telling Oscar when he says what happened to Dwight and he says his head got cut off. We had a funeral for a bird. And that's a really good scene because it's with Jim and it highlights uh, something. It's like a, just a quick scene, but I really like it because it shows that not all the characters know everything. Yeah. Like, like Oscar, I don't you don't get a real scene about this, but you kind of get some looks. Like Oscar doesn't know who the hell Andy is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't He's never met him before. Or Karen, right? Oh, or Karen. Yeah. Yeah, or Karen. And uh when you get that scene is and then Jim says, I don't think any of that happened because he missed the bird funeral. That's and, not real. And Ed Trek not being there. Oh so, yeah. So he wasn't there during that time. So, so oh, have, that is such a good point. I didn't even think about Jim not being there. So you have like the least reliable narrator, kind of getting it right. And there's another scene later where Creed says it was like the 
craziest time we had a funeral for a bird and like he says like basically the same things but like we're not even sure that it got decapitated as we talked about that was also might have just been creed's crazy brain but it's cool to have two characters that have missed a lot of the season in the office to not know stuff and have it kind of pointed out yeah that is a really good point um and then jim says that's not real and creed just says you're not real man yeah and jim just looks at the camera like okay well uh and well, you know, how we say that a lot, that, okay. Okay. That happens in this episode. When, yeah. That's when Jim, when Oscar says, he says, maybe it's in the ceiling. And he goes, maybe you're in the ceiling or some of that. Okay. And he goes, okay. But like, that's, uh, I think I might have started doing that because of you. But I think you might have started doing it because of the office. Definitely. I feel like there's a lot of different things that I pick up because of the office and it's unconscious. And I think. Jim does that a couple times, maybe more with Os- with Michael. But this is like probably the biggest one that I could think of, the most defined. Yeah, okay. for sure. He does say it a lot, though, yeah. to Michael and Dwight. Yeah. Anyway, the characters not meeting each other, the classic example is in Arrested Development. It's like the third season or something like that. And they're like, we're going to go over to Lucille 2's house. George Michael's like, who? <laughs> Lucille 2. He's like, well. Oh never met her and you just like realize that he's never been in a scene with her or in a scene where they were really talking about her and like but you think it's because it's a show everyone's kind of on the same page yeah everybody knows especially everything like, going on because you don't think like that, a sitcom yeah i never even noticed that jim wasn't th- like until that's pointed out you don't really even realize he's not there because you're still seeing him interacting with other people so okay so We'll go quickly through these. There's a, a scene where Michael talks about getting his butt kissed by his mom. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's funny because one of the rare uses of literally that being completely correct. Yeah. He literally has had his butt kissed before. And he's sharing it like it was a traumatic experience. Yeah. He says it was awful. It, yeah. yeah it was, well, um, I really like when Michael starts a conversation with, I'm not fine. I yeah. don't want to talk about it. And then Jim's like, okay, and about to leave, and then he starts talking about okay, it. Okay, fine. Yeah. That's really funny. I kind of did that the other week um, when when Brienne came home, and I was like, I didn't buy a new kayak. And then she's like, what? And I was like, oh, I mean, I did buy a new kayak. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> I didn't know how to ring it up. <laughs> uh, oh, I, it's I funny I said that, because I, I actually meant the complete opposite. Yeah, of that. Uh, it was a little mistake. I slipped up, I think, when I was saying it. <laughs> Kelly's talking to Oscar about Lance Bass. You need to learn more about your culture, which reminds me of when um, Michael says that to Daryl and yep. says, I'll make you a mixtape. Yeah, yeah. You really got to learn more about your culture. And there's a scene where Creed tries some food and asks, like, harasses Meredith about where to get it. Oh, and yeah. He pulls out a piece of paper and says, draw me a map, mama. No, just his hand. On oh, his really? hand, yeah. Nice. Because she didn't remember what aisle... Uh, she had got whatever it was at. Uh, and then, the Swanson chimichanga. Mm-hmm. Phyllis shaking her breasts. Um, Pam refusing to do so when Michael chased his maracas. The shimmying. I can't believe they cut some of these deleted scenes out and they left that in. Yeah. Like, was that that important? It wasn't that good. And then uh, Oscar talking about how it reminds him of the Three Amigos. None of that stuff's in the combined episode. It really what a shame. hurts this episode in the combined one. Yeah, you're right. It's like at least the other one, at least they added in the art school thing. This one, yeah. it's nothing. They, it, yeah. it gets nothing added. It just gets all this stuff taken away. And like, it's fine that they did that one time on TV, but why would you make that the DVD one? 
That's because even... you have more space on a DVD, so just add all of them. Well, they're all on there anyway. They're just in deleted scenes. Yeah, scenes. that is. Yeah, exactly. Pay them by true. the minute. Like, yeah, yeah. They should have just put the other one on, and it also made it kind of annoying to find that episode because there's not even a chapter stop where the yeah. episode begins. So you have to like fast forward to get there. Gross. Shame on them. Other it than that, it just makes though, Netflix new news even worse. Yeah, and don't blame Netflix. It's NBC's fault. Ugh, NBC. So get my subscription ready to go for NBCUniversalStreamingService.com. What else could you get from that? Lost. Yeah, we'll watch the old King Kong films. Gross. Uh, I wonder if they're going to take everything back. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Rec. Oh, that might be worth it for people who like Parks and Rec. 30 Rock. We're going to have to pay for all these stupid sites. Yeah. Physical media is going to make a big comeback when people are like, uh, no, I'm not going to have a different one for every one show I want to watch over and over again. Going back to analog, baby. Yeah. So now let's do the finer things club where we talk about the things we like so much in this episode, if we haven't mentioned them already. Yeah. I like Dwight's resume. Resumes. <laughs> um, One is for what a career, career trivia, uh, Dwight trivia. Quite special sure, sure, sure. skills yeah um and then the three words that he uses to describe himself which is hardworking, alpha male jackhammer insatiable and there's one more to a woman employer yeah insatiable <laughs> interesting um I'm sure that didn't go over well yeah and just why he's working not, at staples later alpha male is two words and hardworking is kind of two words and so is jackhammer well he just kept listing them yeah Okay, Dwight. That was actually one of my favorite cold opens, though, of the whole series. Are we doing crack open a cold open already? Crack open a cold open. So the cold open is Dwight looking for his jobs, feeling really pumped, like pumping his fist in the air, and then he gets down to where he's just giving like a half-hearted thumbs up. There's nothing on the horizon except for everything. Everything is on my horizon. Yeah. Any fool uh, challenge that is foolish enough to face him? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, it's basically showing him get taken down a few pegs from where he thinks he is. Uh, I wonder how his Staples interview went. That's another thing I thought didn't reflect well on them is like, look how terribly he's doing during these interviews. And then Staples is like, okay. Actually, I would be kind of impressed if someone had three resumes and had those like covers too. Like that was, he, he, at least he's well prepared, you know? I mean, maybe a little overly prepared, but. Staples was like, "Uh, we would never promote him. Yeah. He'd be like on probation already yeah yeah (sighs) okay so my favorite thing by far is this one moment where it's a michael is talking about how andy is bugging him and how he's like a crazy person at the same time it's kind of showing this montage of of andy creeping around and stuff like that oh yeah when he ends this line with I can't believe someone could have so little self-awareness. It's him talking behind the door. It's I know. so good. He's like the camera is standing in view, pointed behind the door, which you think Andy could figure out. But Michael's back there hiding from Andy. And if Andy had come in and found him, how would he be explained that? Yeah. Like, uh, Michael, why are you standing behind your door? <laughs> like if, if a gym or someone that calls people out on things had seen that. Yeah. And it's when he's saying, I've never seen someone. Oh, I mean, even even if he weren't doing anything funny, that would be a funny line for people that have been watching The Office because it's Michael saying it. And yeah, exactly. So little self-awareness. But to have him doing that, it's so perfect. And it like, it fades into, the, the reason I liked it so much is because it fades into the voiceover. Like he's talking about how much he doesn't like Andy and you think it's just him 
talking while they're showing footage of how annoying he is. And then all of a sudden, it's him talking to the camera. Oh, is he talking when he's back there? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's even better. Yeah. So um, that's what I thought you were pointing out at first. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes. So good. I just think it's like funny that if the boss were hiding from an employee behind the wall. Yeah. That if you got found, it'd be like no way out of that. I honestly kind of want to do that sometimes at work. Yeah. No, that's that's totally cool if you want to do that. <laughs> but if someone catches you, it's going to be bad. Yeah, that would be really awkward. If they don't catch hey. you, it'll be neutral. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what's your next finer thing? Lemonade. Oh, that's right. You quote that a lot. Lemonade. Which is weird because we've never had lemonade at the same time. <laughs> so I don't know when you're saying it. But. Yeah, that is. It's so weird how I work things in. And Mexicanity. Mexicanity is what defines you. Oh, question. Mm-hmm. How would you spell Mexicanity? I have it spelled right here. M-E-X-I-C-A-N-I-T-Y. Okay. How would you spell it? Uh, I guess like that, but I wasn't. I didn't take a note of it with the subtitles, but it's a weird word. Mexicanity. Because itty isn't a word that turns something into an adjective or whatever. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but Mexicanity would be a noun in that because your Mexicanity is what defines you. Oh, your Mexicanity. Isn't it the object or direct object or something? Oscar's Mexicanity defines him. So his Mexicanity is like his Mexican identity. Yeah. Is that the word? It's conjunction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here's how, here's how I'd spell yeah, it. Identity. M-E-X-I-C-A-N apostrophe. <laughs> Mexicanity. Yeah, that's good. Because then you know where the accent goes. It goes on canity, not Mexicanity. 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 Because it's a a conjunction. Exactly. All right. Like jackhammer. It's a compound word. Exactly. I also really like the dead plants. Well, I don't like the dead plants, but I do like that Dwight is the one that that waters the dead plants and arranges the toys on the desk. I like how that scene plays out really well because... Michael says the plants look terrible. And then Pam says, you want me to check with the crew to see if they're not watering them. But then Michael says about the toys and she says, oh, that was Dwight. And so from the context, it's clear to both of them and the audience that Dwight was also doing the other thing. But they don't have to say it. Yeah. Like, what are the chances the toys stopped getting moved at the same time the plants started dying? Yeah. You know, so it was it was a cool way of doing that because Pam didn't Pam knew one part. And Michael knew neither part. But but from it, it's able to tell both parts. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It seems like Pam probably would have known the other part too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I really liked how that played out. Yeah. Um, so at my job, my boss has a list of employee expectations. And it's a list of like 75 items, which is kind of funny in and of itself. <laughs> um, but one of them is it just says... Water the plants. The last thing we need is a dead plant. And so we say that every day. We're we're just like, you know what the last thing we need is today? Yeah. Like a dead plant. You know, the last thing we need is an overwatered plant. Because <laughs> if everyone's watering the plant, there's too much water. I know. So it's a, it's a really delicate balance. Most houseplants die from overwatering because if... They don't need that much water. They don't. I water my plants once a week and they stay alive just fine. But if, 
if you like underwater them, you start seeing it and you can just water them more. But if you're overwatering them, you can get like mold on the roots and then they die. Yeah. And you can't just stop watering them. That doesn't work because <laughs> you can't Yikes. like dry it out enough to kill the mold or whatever it is. Fungus I'll bring that to her attention tomorrow. All right. Make 76. <laughs> don't Everyone overwater water the plants. But don't overwater the plants. Because the last thing we need is a dead plant. Last thing we need is more employee expectations. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I think, too. And here's my last uh, finer thing is how fake the snow looks in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. So there's the snow going on a lot of the episode, which is why Michael's car is full. But every time they're talking next to a window, snow is just like dumping. And they filmed it in California. It's obviously just fake snow. But at the first scene where Michael's talking to Oscar outside the cars, the way the snow is on the trees doesn't look natural at all. Like, it's just like kind of plastered on there. Yeah. And in the parking lot, it's kind of like, just looks like a cartoon. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, they're just like dumping a snow machine right behind each window. Yeah. Um, Bad production quality. They, they did their best. In Colorado, we make enough. snow for real so you can ski on it. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're known for. Uh, for our fake snow? Yes. And our real... Beer. Yeah. Thanks for finishing that... Sentence. <laughs> I was going to say thought. I'm going to go. Because <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say. Oh, right, cool. Okay. Should we uh, go to some references then for Kevin's chilies? Yeah, there's a lot. Kevin's Applebee's? <laughs> It's Chili's. Oh, oh, it's Chili's. How could I forget? Chili's. How could anyone forget, honestly? That's how, that's where real business is done these days. Yeah. It's Chili's. Yeah. Not at an apple bee. What is an apple bee? Because mm. it's apple bees. Like apple bees place. <laughs> it's like Ted's place, but it's apple bee. That's a good question. Is that just a last name? We should name? call him up. Oh. We should call up. This and... is William M. Appleby. <laughs> My family built this country, <laughs> by the How way. How dare you? Um, Rock and Robin. Mm-hmm. When it starts playing in the subtitles, it says by the Jackson Five. And I was like, what the fuck? I knew that actually. Isn't it by the Jackson Five? No. It-, it came out in 1957 or 58 by Bobby Day. Jackson Five didn't cover it till 1976, almost 20 years later. It's like it sounds like a super old song. Like it sounds like a yeah. like I'm the Wanderer type song. I was like the Jackson Five. Like how how old was Michael Jackson back then? Because I know he started in the Jackson Five when he was a kid. But like how could he have been popular in the 80s if he was around recording this in the 50s when they were like stop that hip shake and rock and roll? It's gonna t- destroy society. Yeah, it sounds like something that would be you know like a twist. You know like Rock and Robin, tweet tweet tweet. I didn't know it was tweet tweet until I read the lyrics. Really? I don't Go know. Or, we used to have it on like a Raffi tape or something. I don't know. Oh, when okay. I was a kid. We talk about some uh, other song too. Zombie. Zombie. The Cranberries. Yeah. I and love the Cranberries. Another one too. Andy and the Tuna. Yeah. To the tuna of <laughs> Benny and the Jets. Exactly. Also by Bobby Benny. Day. Benny. <laughs> Wait, who? Bobby Day. I'm kidding. It's Sir Elton John. John. And the guy he writes his lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, when Oscar's party gets starting. La cucaracha. La cucaracha. Which is Spanish for. The beetle. The cockroach. The cockroach. I have seen many a cockroach, but I never wanted to write a song about one. But now I I'm do. I'm so sad to see you go. <laughs> Ugh. 
cockroaches. Have you ever stepped on one naked? <laughs> no. Either. An, like an undressed cockroach? Yeah, or... one without a tuxedo. One with a tuxedo. <laughs> now, um, uh, I've, had a, I've had a couple bad experiences with cockroaches. Finding one on my face while I was sleeping. What? Uh, I think I meant naked foot. <laughs> which is well, naked. we know as a bare foot. A barefoot, but I don't like to be. Uh, now I have speciesist. to put my shoes back on. Ugh, their little guts pop out. Ew! Uh, I'm so sad to see you go. And then, uh, what is what do Kevin and Ryan sing together? Uh, it's that right? Ole, ole. That's a deleted ole. scene, though. Oh a, yeah, a real deleted scene. Well, there's a movie mentioned. Lost. Three amigos. Oh, Three Amigos. Lost is a show. Lost is a show. And then Dwight at the end, because he came right from Staples, is wearing his Battlestar Galactica t-shirt. Oh, that's right. And uh, um, then Swanson, which makes a delightful chimichanga. Uh, very authentic. Yeah. Um, and I w- would have to say, on that note of the Swanson chimichanga, the planning party planning committee is at its height. No drama. We've invited Oscar to be in you it. You know why. Yeah, because Angela's so sad. She's just looking out the window. She doesn't have yeah. time to like call anyone a hussy. Yeah. And Pam just goes along with um, the burro <laughs> idea. But they don't get And the get fireworks. One. Yeah. And the chihuahua. But they don't get <laughs> the chihuahua. <laughs> he always wants like animals and like fire. Animals are so classy. Take a classy. suckling pig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got some people mentioned. The aforementioned Lance Bass, singer oh, yeah. of Sync. Or... And then he wanted to go to the space for a while, but he didn't. So we, I know him as the worst astronaut. <laughs> uh, I think he was on a singing show too, but he was openly gay. So that's why Kelly brings him up. Great. Not during the NSYNC time, but post Yeah, NSYNC. after that. And I always want to call him Lance Bass, but no. Lance Bass. John Denver. John Denver. Angela, Angela says, I miss him. Pam says, Dwight. And uh, Angela says, no, John Denver. <laughs> Died in 1997 fi- while flying. I thought fly- you were about to say finally. <laughs> Died in 1997 while flying a experimental unauthorized plane. Really? Yeah. That's what what I, a bad. That's what I read. Yeah. Have you ever seen the the music video of him skiing Mm-mm. in Colorado? Okay, I'll. I'm about to post it on Finer Things Club. Cool. After cool. this episode comes out, so no spoilers. Okay. Shh. For for Facebook, spoilers, spoilers no, for Facebook. No, for the for the Finding Things Club. If I post it today, no one will know. Oh, uh, okay, I see. I thought you were worried about spoiling your post, but don't worry. Or oh, wait, spoiling it would be spoiled. Or spoiling the office. Here's another name, Marv something. I don't know who that is. Uh, unfortunately, Marv Albert, radio broadcaster, convicted of sexual assault. Hmm. Well. Michael would have had a ton of other people to choose from. Nowadays? Yeah. In the hashtag Me Too movement. Actually, he probably would have been one of them. Right. Oh, well. Oh, well. Should, um, should we do second drink? Yeah, sure. I don't have a drink. You finished it. And every time that it comes near my nose, I'm like, are you smoking weed? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the hamper. Yeah. It's really good. Is that available nationwide? No, because I remember the New Belgium's ad campaign was like, this is the beer you can't get in Kansas. Nice. Well. Probably a lot of beers, actually, you can't get in Kansas. Ha, 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 ha. 
I miss it as another world. <laughs> That's why I live in Colorado. Yeah. And drink pepper. And don't leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I was drinking one of those as well, but I drank it. But I'm going to go get another one. I knew it. How did I know? Well, I'm parched. <laughs> you know? Okay, I'll review the rest of my notes. Cool. Are you good? I've never had so much sushi in my life. It was so much fun. And then they gave me the shot that was just whiskey with like an octopus tentacle in it. Oh, really? That's cool. Mm-hmm. They made me work with it while I drank it. That's awesome. It was fun. Okay, um, where were we? Second drink. So Nathan has gotten a second drink and now he's better. Actually, my second drink is Rupture by Odell. Mine is 90 shilling by Odell. I can't believe we just, we're such flip-floppers. We just go back and forth from New Belgium to Odell. Like, we need to pick a side here. Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you're Do right. you know that variety is the uh, spice of life? I thought it was Old Bay seasoning. Oh, I thought uh, Old Spice was the spice of life. Old Spice? Yeah. Oh, no. You've been steered wrong by your dad, I think. No. Old Spice is what... Um, people smell like in my experience. A lot of people do. Speaking of fashion, <laughs> fashion, 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 fashion show at lunch. Our favorite category that was introduced during our Sex in the City podcast that we did for April first, April Fool's Day. Yep. And this segment doesn't really have a lot this episode, but I did want to point out. The uniform that Dwight is wearing at Staples, the long sleeve red polo that he rips off as he's going out. And you can only see it from the security camera, which I thought is it was a great touch. Can't wear his ties. Yeah. I also wrote my ties. <laughs> what about Andy's pink shirt and then pink, pink? I think it's pink or maybe purple and dark blue striped tie. That's a lot. That's a look for sure. It's just so East Coast. So Easter. It's so it's so preppy. Yeah, it is. And then Michael's like just hideous burgundy tie. I don't know. Lots of ties. Ties. I've never worn one. A tie? Never. Have you ever eaten Thai food? That's my favorite type of food. Um, I don't know how to relate those. <laughs> Other than Thai sounds the same. <laughs> Um, what else do we have here? Oh, how about, let's talk about, we got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. We really should talk about that. This is a segment where we talk about the use of documentary or not use of documentary style filming. There's a lot going on this episode. Um, I only have three things and one of them I already mentioned. So what do you got? Um, well, we kind of already talked about this, um, but it was when... They're trying to figure out why the toys are arranged and the watering has been done. Um, I just think that it's kind of seamless because it goes from Pam talking about it as a voiceover to Dwight actually doing the watering and arranging of the toys. Mm -hmm. And then the next scene is the one that we were talking about where Michael's hiding behind the door and his voiceover is talking about how he doesn't understand how someone can have so little self-awareness and then turns to look at the camera and is actually saying it at that moment. So it's kind of this like really good tension building moment using the voiceover and um, montages to make like a culmination of Michael's, you know, they have to show that 
he misses Dwight so much to show how much he hates Andy and to show them yeah, right next to each other gives you a really good idea of what Michael is thinking. Sometimes it takes, you know, something pretty obvious for his wheels to start turning. <laughs> That's true. If if he was doing that with Josh, he could be doing that with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I like that too. And going to that flashback of Dwight arranging the toys is interesting. It kind of reminds me of when they went to the flashback of the night crew cleaning up the... The spider webs. Yeah, yeah that's really funny. Because they don't usually do that. Go back in time. Yeah, they don't. To a different... Like, they would have filmed that way before. Oh, question. How long do you think it's been since the last episode? Oh, by the way, another great reason why they should not be the same episode. <laughs> like, they're they're not even the same time. Why would you have a time jump in the middle of your episode if it's one episode? Yeah. It's not like a two-parter. It's not like fun run where it goes seamlessly into the next one, you know? That's actually a really good point. Because um, when does Dwight bring the deposit? It isn't... Or the... Um, what, it's not a deposit, but something. He brings something to New York for Angela. Uh the tax filings tax forms or something yeah so there's a few things one is we see dwight apply to multiple jobs and get worn down which couldn't happen immediately uh, a plant is dying but not dead yeah yeah you know not like completely shriveled up angela's seeming to like have gotten like more depressed over this whole time i feel like it was probably well like you said house plants don't need to be watered that often so it could have been I'm thinking like two to three weeks. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Definitely not one week. No. More than that. Definitely. And probably not more than a month. Yeah. I think um, Angela seems the right amount of sad for it to seem like it's really real. Mm -hmm. But the plants aren't dead yet. But the problem with making these, or I guess that's not really it. It's just like you got to get the sense, which I think you kind of do. Is it like Andy was starting this last time, but he's been annoying for probably three weeks. Long enough for Michael to realize that he's not just agreeing or that he is just agreeing with him. So Michael's been getting irritated for him this long. Jim's been getting irritated with him for this long. It's not like he's being annoying today. Let's do a prank. He's been like increasingly annoying since Dwight left, which was like, you know, up, you know, around it three weeks or something like that so it's it makes more sense why everyone's reacting so strongly but i kind of wish they had made it seem like it took longer because i don't know dwight could have been applying to multiple jobs in one day i think they do a pretty good job of showing he didn't by like he's wearing a hat and then he's not or wearing a mask yeah uh you know so it seems like it's different days but uh yeah i don't know yeah interesting to have that like back and forth though because you don't like you said, you don't really see that. They sh- but they should have done, if they were going to do one episode, just be like three weeks later and then do the rest <laughs> of it. Because I don't understand why it would just seamlessly go to the next part. Yeah. And here's a question. Oh, yeah? Why did they not come up with a better plan besides having Dwight quit? Like, how do they not come up with a plan of like, Dwight just really loves the company, and so he did that to save Angela from accounting, who he doesn't really even care about that much. Uh, whose plan? The the plan that Dwight and Angela come up with, that is for Dwight to quit. Like, why did they need to do that? How did they not realize that they could have just come up with, like, the plan that Michael automatically assumes happened, which is 
that he was just saving some random employee's ass. Oh, that's another one of my finer things I forgot was Dwight's face when Michael says the fact that you would do that for some random employee. Yeah. Like his face when he realizes that actually the cat's not out of the bag. Yeah. Even though he's like, oh, she told you? And then he's like, oh, you're really dumb? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. And like also on top of that, why is it so bad for them to know about like the love between Angela and Dwight? Angela's not like Pam. She can't just go spouting off everything she says. And uh, she hates Ryan and Kelly more than anything. Well, I guess the point is if she... uh, if the whole thing is like, 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 who would really care if Angela was dating Dwight if Dwight didn't work there? So couldn't they at least try it? Yeah, and see exactly. how bad it is because Dwight just quit with no severance uh, for no reason. Or why didn't they just date after he left the company? Like, why didn't they just like still hang out? The interesting thing is to me, if Dwight had told Michael that he went and did the tax returns for Angela last episode, Michael might have figured it out. The only reason why he's not thinking about that is because this whole episode has just been drilled into like Dwight loves the company so much. Look at the Dwight's doing for the company. He's watering the plants. He's organizing your thing. Like he, like he doesn't realize what he's missing till it's gone. Well, and then, yeah, and he gets that all in his head. And then when he hears that thing about Dwight, he's like, that's how much he loves this company. But if it was before, it's like he didn't really know any of that stuff. So I feel like yeah. he would have been more suspicious. And he wouldn't have realized how annoying andy is too so like those things did have to happen for plot but i just don't get it logistically between angela and dwight like it doesn't make any sense and yeah that's that's true i i do think they should have had a a better plot and i kind of wish that we had in the last episode uh you said you weren't giving a dundee and you said that you thought jim was the murderer angela was the murderer she screwed up the tax thing and then she basically forced Dwight to quit while she kept her job over something that was her fault just for her own pride. Yeah. So I I kind of wish I, and I guess I'm going to right now, designate her the murderer for last episode. Okay. Because that's a really selfish thing to do and Dwight's like basically begging her to let yeah, them exactly. tell it just so that he can have a good excuse. And have a job. Because he didn't do anything wrong. No, he didn't. And, and, and he made a sale that day and stuff. Like, he did a really good job. That He was basically a whole day of him being, like, a hero and then being forced to quit or to sacrifice himself for Angela. And I think I did give the Dundee to Dwight for that reason. But more strongly than I feel like Dwight should get the Dundee, I feel like Angela should have been the murderer. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with you on that. Although Jim makes it seem like he's pretty cool this episode when I don't think he is. Well, and also, or he wasn't last episode. Yeah, when you murder somebody, often you're throwing them under the bus. It's hard for you to redeem yourself because they're dead. Exactly, and no one's no one's permanently dead. So Angela is able to do a lot better job in this episode, which we can talk about soon. Oh, that was. Oh, we're still talking about. Uh, <laughs> you've got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, so during the party planning meeting, there's a lot of really active camera work whipping around and zooming in and out especially yeah and i feel like we see a little bit more of that whenever greg daniels is directing you know he's not literally yeah. operating the camera and the, the other thing i had is that when when andy does that whole fishing thing where he's catching the tuna which goes on forever and it's eh, i guess it's like fine if you weren't narrating it when he finally finishes and he's standing next to 
uh, Jim. Jim's face. Yeah, but also like he's posing for the camera. He's not like no one's looking at him. That's right. He's like, got him. And it's like a photo, but it's only a photo because the camera is looking at him. And you don't usually see people do that so much. Like, it's a, like it's yeah, a photo. That's a good point. Um, he breaks the third wall that's not there. Fourth wall? Fourth wall. Fifth wall. Why is it not there? Because the 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 camera crew's there and Jim always looks at I feel like the wall is just Oh, the fourth wall is usually between you and the audience. Yeah. And right now it's he's doing it to the camera. I'm not sure yeah. how many walls there are, but I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, same thing when um Jim is calling Andy's phone and then he punches the wall, he just immediately like hangs up the phone. Looks at the camera and hangs up the phone like, okay. Um, yeah. And then I just like Stanley's eyes when Jim throws the phone into the ceiling and they hear this loud bang. No one even looks up except for Stanley for a second and then goes looks yeah. right back down. Like how suspicious is that? And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, there's probably some rats living up there. Goodbye. By the way, they have all this packaging materials there at DenderMifflin.com. And if... He- they had wrapped that phone in some bubble wrap. That's a good idea. They could have just rolled it over there and it would have been a lot softer. That's a good idea. Ultimately, it didn't matter. But like if someone was going to do that. I do think, you know. Oh, anyway, let's talk about characters. Okay. I love Kevin's relationship with Oscar. He makes that gaycation joke. And you've already heard Oscar talking about how he wants people to just keep talking so he can get a new yeah, home theater. Yeah. But him and Kevin have a different relationship. So it's just like, oh, that's he's very He's like, good funny. one, buddy. And then he's like, I thought of that right after you left. And then they do like a fist bump. So like, yeah, uh, I like that. That's like kind of throws you off for a second because it's like, oh, my, is he uh, going to like offend Oscar right now? But I don't know. Yeah. He, cool. I think he knows that it's a different sort of ignorance mm-hmm. than Angela or Michael have. Um, and Angela tries to repent by inviting him to the um, party planning committee. Yeah, and I think that Angela only does that because she's so distraught about Dwight. She's, she's just so sad. in a messed up yeah. spot. That's why she's being nice to Pam and not talking very much at the party planning committee. But I love the way she describes that, where it's like cer- certain events took place, and there are certain things, and those certain events that took place, and there's certain... I want to resolve certain things with certain accounts. Yeah, which <laughs> is interesting because we don't really normally get to see the account accounting dynamic mm-hmm. very much like those specific three people yeah. interacting with no one else involved and um in this case oscar is immediately thrown into the position of trying to alleviate this hetero guilt that um angela is feeling like she's feeling really bad yeah it's about dwight but she's also feeling bad that she was like so judgmental yeah um, well, she's doing it as like an olive branch. Yeah. Uh, it would be like if someone was, I guess, like accidentally racist to you. And you're like, and, oh, my God, I am so sorry and that then I like, said that comment. And yeah. you're like, it's fine. And, you're and then at- they like buy you some Nikes. Some yeah. Some like Nike basketball shoes. And then you're like, but I don't r- play basketball. And they're like, well, I'm just sorry for what I said. And you're like. They're trying as hard as they can right now, even though they incorporated stereotypes in their apology. They're still trying so hard that it's fine. Yeah. Like, we'll we'll call it even. Like, okay, great. Yeah. So I think I that got is a car. Why. Or, I mean, I guess the more generous way to look at it is Angela doesn't have a lot of power 
she does rule the party planning committee with an iron fist. So that so was it's the like, only way. It was like a like thing she could extend, do. Extend, yeah, like a yeah, yeah. olive branch. Yeah, but, but it could go either way, and uh, and like Oscar's semi offended for a second, but then she makes it so clear. And then also, in case you think she's just super nice now and chill about who's in the party planning committee, then when Kevin asks, she says never. never. <laughs> I love it. Okay, who else we got? Well, we've already kind of talked about Michael and Andy mm-hmm. dynamic and Dwight. This episode is really focusing a lot on Dwight. Um, a lot of the smaller characters don't get a, a huge amount to do in this one. I think in, in that one scene, Kelly was used well talking about Lance Bass, but that's pretty much it. I like Phyllis when Andy's trying to look for his phone and tries to open Phyllis's drawer and she just slams it shut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes, I don't trust you, Phyllis. <laughs> I do like Ryan declining to do the prank saying, not right now, ask me 10 years ago or something. Oh, yeah. That kind of goes in with Ryan's whole, he's too cool to be immature, even though he's pretty immature himself, kind of fetishizes being mature. Yeah. And then in a weird way, so does Karen, I guess. It's... If you start dating someone and you're trying to impress them and so you're doing things that they're into, but then after a while you stop doing the things that are not really yourself, this is like that. Karen was participating in the pranks before and having fun, but that's not really her. Yeah, and like when it comes down to it, she actually just cares about getting the password i mean she just cares about responsibility too much to worry about that yeah the most important thing is selling paper for dunder mifflin well i just think that karen is the type of person that would be fun outside of work but this is kind of a downfall of working with your significant other is that you see a different side of them that you might not be attracted to because they're also a co-worker you know mm-hmm. and andy is annoying everyone with these ringtone and stuff like that but he's directing most of it at jim the fishing thing and when he does the ringtone he's like showing it to jim and like holding the phone up yeah so even though he's annoying everyone jim is getting the most of it which is why jim wants to prank him the most uh uh, pam is also just getting annoyed because she doesn't really have a lot to do other than notice what's going on yeah that's true but also i think what sent them over the edge was not only that fish thing but the zombie Mm mm-hmm and it's kind of it the camera work shows how quiet the office is and then how loud and annoying like there's a not a song that you could pick that's more annoying than that maybe kugaracha uh, what about to sing what was he, what was he singing before with jim when they were drunk your body is a wonderland mm, the that one they were both singing Michael. um karaoke when they were both singing when they were drunk at the at Stanford. Oh. No, that's Benny and the oh. Jets. Oh. Well, Damn. anyway, that doesn't matter. It? But but then remember, like, Jim also starts singing the... Love me, love me. Like, it's, Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you think it would piss Karen off a little bit more. Yeah. It's almost weird. I, I feel like Karen might have even been more okay with this. It's like a reaction like she doesn't want to be like she's, Pam now because yeah. she's like heard this but it's like her solution is be really boring. Well, honestly, I would be kind of annoyed with Jim and like I would I wouldn't really want to hang out with him anyway at work and do those things cuz 
like you said, no, I can't stop thinking about saying like. <laughs> well, it also strikes me that, like I said before, Jim uh, won't do these things with other males. He doesn't. Yeah, exactly. He's like gets these like. Well, I mean, I guess he would have with Ryan, but Ryan said no. Yeah. And Ryan's the hottest in the office, so. Yeah, so there you go. That knocks you down a notch. He only he only do it with hot people. But yeah. He doesn't like run around pranking. He offers Pam is his third choice. I feel like Ryan was kind of a yeah. fake choice because why on earth would you think Ryan would help? But he, you know, he goes to Karen first, and then he goes to Ryan, and then he just he needs a teammate to do a prank. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. But Andy is being terrible. He's annoying. I don't think I said, but when Ed Helms was talking about it, he said that his character was being so annoying that his mom couldn't even watch those up that episode. <laughs> uh, I, my mom can't watch The Office either because Michael is so annoying. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andy just turns it up to 11 immediately. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how annoying he can be. And what I don't get is how does this work for him? You would think this sucking up thing would be not that reinforcing because Josh didn't seem to really care when he did it. It was so obvious. And when he does it with Michael, I guess it helped him fire Dwight. But once he started doing it more, it wasn't working when he's like waiting for him outside the bathroom and listening to him pee. That's not helping him. Uh, and he doesn't seem like that's a good way to act with your boss even if you no, want not at all and he's already like he's third you know yeah even though he is older than jim and has more experience <laughs> hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know why he thinks i feel like he's looking for a kind of a male figure like a leader leadership role since he has such a bad relationship with his dad oh do we know that yet no <laughs> no but i mean i mean sense. we do but they don't yeah yeah, that does make sense. It's just, he must be so mad. As much as he hated Dwight for kind of beating him at his own game, I'd be even more mad at Jim for just the same way Dwight is. For him seemingly not caring at all, having natural charisma, and still getting higher up on the ladder. But there's a reason. This desperate pleading for responsibility and stuff isn't a good look. No, it's, it's just not. not like no. You, it doesn't really matter if you like earned it more. If uh, people that are in a position to give you more don't want to because you're so annoying. Yeah, and I mean it does go back to maybe Michael's idea of relationships too, because he got bullied in high school, so he wants to be in with the cool people, not the people who are, you know, annoying and nerdy like Andy kind of is. Yeah, like he'd rather impress Jim who's kind of aloof and, you know, doesn't yeah. really care as much. But Andy was killing it at Benihana Christmas. Like, Yeah, that's he, true. It's, it's, I think it's fine in small doses. It's but, also fine when Dwight is there. Mm. But when he's not, you can really see how annoying he is. Dwight kind of protects Michael from Andy. Yeah, he does. Uh, what I would have really liked, though, in this episode is a sense of that that Michael and Andy have hung out before because like I said, there's been a few weeks. You think that Michael might've gone for Andy's invites to hang out for a while. Yeah. And like maybe they, you know, because it is kind of unbelievable that Michael wouldn't want to hang out after work since he's always trying to get people to hang out after work. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Like after Benny Han at Christmas, it 
feels like he he would probably go for that at least a little bit. Yeah. But instead, he's just immediately like, I, I don't know. I'm just going to go be yeah. by myself again. Beers, buzzed, bar, waitress is hot. Yeah. That whole oh, monologue. Oh, man. It was so painful. And he's Slaughter. like so into it. And then all of a sudden, Michael just says, no. And he's like, duh. <laughs> it's so obvious. Andy's whole thing where he doesn't understand what Michael was saying. And he says, right on. And he gets out of it doing mm-hmm. this sort of thing. That's the first time we hear it. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, the face that Andy makes at Michael after that, where he's just like splashing <laughs> the like, same smile Golden he retriever. has. Yeah. <laughs> or like the face he has on his mug from, yeah. from Kelly's party. Yeah. It's pretty... Uh, cartoonish almost it's annoying it's so annoying yeah it's like do you have awareness or not because no part of it seems like you might a little bit because you're like doing these techniques but but then you can't read real world signals at all kind of like dwight and his like telling people are lying yeah they're really made for each other yeah they are they're great (laughs) frenemies i can't wait until their adversarial relationship blossoms into a real friendship same uh so who else do we have let's talk about pam and karen together well we talked about karen i guess but we didn't talk about one moment which moment well i guess it's a few moments but karen looking like making this face that's kind of like hmm a lot and then at the end when she asked jim do you still have feelings for her but that was in the last episode wasn't it no that was when she oh, said, "Do you still have feelings at Mexicanity?" Yeah, because because Jim and Pam are like laughing about the hole in the drywall. Oh, so she asked last episode. Did you ever have a thing for Pam? Yeah, but now she's hyper aware so of the science. It does seem like it could have been about three weeks. She's been ruminating, and now oh, yeah. she says, "Do you still have feelings?" And he says, "Yes." Well, yeah, and he, she's seeing him and Pam basically back in their element this is uh when jim wasn't doing the pranks with pam like during yeah. down at christmas and he said he wasn't gonna do that and he's been kind of like not trying to fall into the same things Andy drove him to madness where he was desperate and he still tried to get karen to help first and then even tried with ryan first kind of like in the same way as when he was sitting andy off in different people but ultimately pam's the only one that would help him so many people so many people's actions in this episode are driving other characters to do something that they might normally not do. That's what I was just thinking. If Dwight hadn't left, Andy would still be in check and Andy wouldn't be able to annoy Jim. He wouldn't be sitting at his Who desk. Who wouldn't do the prank. Yeah, everything would be different. Have not have Karen as an option because Dwight wouldn't have been gone. Who would have Pam as an option? Who would have played the prank that would make... Uh, Karen jealous butterfly effect if Andy hadn't existed never been born the world would be so much better no but if Andy hadn't existed nobody would have brought a bottle of Jägermeister to the expense form report in Stanford Jim would have gotten Pam's uh, call or text back then and never gone home with Pam but he wouldn't have gone home with Karen because he wouldn't have been drunk and he would have gotten the text and he probably would have just come back everything would be different if Dwight hadn't gone to... If Angela hadn't forgotten the expense forms, Dwight wouldn't have gone to New York, wouldn't have set that whole chain of events off. Wow. Michael's parents had never had sex. 
<laughs> yeah, then we wouldn't have the office. Yeah. But so thanks for banging though. it out. Yeah, you know, there's been a, there's been a few times when we've been doing the podcast where I've like realized like that the event, the main event driving the episode is actually affecting what people are having. It's not that people are just doing what they were gonna do anyway. A lot of times the conversation they're having or the combination they're in or something like that is actually directly related to the uh, excited um the like, character the development i feel like yeah there's like an incident so it's as if you had a koi pond and then you dropped a michael in it how do the koi's react and some of them get stepped on the head and but you're always at the koi pond karen yeah karen's the one got, with got the stepped, stepped on, on the head that. yeah and hannah well yeah Tony. A while ago. Pepperoni Tony. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's a good um, segue into... Are we done with characters? I think so. Because we we had... I don't think we're going to have a better moment than that, right? No. And we talked about people. We talked about people. Yeah. Okay. Um, we gossiped a little bit. Now we're ready for rating in Dundee. Okay. Can you go over the rating again? Um, No. <laughs> yeah. Seven out of seven is... Absolutely, I do. Yes. Six out of seven is beach day, pretzel day. Five out of seven is beach day. Four out of seven is Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Three out of seven is... This is like studying for a test and it's on the tip of your tongue. What's three out of seven? It's garbage the cat. No. Little. A little stitious. Two out of seven is... (laughs) Two out of seven is... Garbage the cat, and one out of seven is this period, just period, sucks, period. Stinks. Stinks, period. All right. So that was rough. You got a B. <laughs> a. I'm giving you beach little. day. <laughs> uh, Alfredo's pizza cafe. <laughs> That's great. I love pizza. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um. All right. So you want to do the rating then first? Okay. Before the Dundee? I guess we might as well because you just went over it. Yeah, that would be okay. Um, okay, let's see. Okay. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. Beach day. day! Yes, yes, I knew it. I knew it. I was thinking pretty much Alfredo's Pizza Cafe, except for all these moments that we like think about all the time and quote all the time. I know. I almost gave it, honestly, I almost gave it um, one up from that. So. Oh, okay. Cool. So I'm glad we met in the middle. At it's like the opposite day. of last time, I think, when yeah. I was like leading toward the topper and you were leading toward the lower. Yeah. I think I'm just in a better mood this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is, is, is so objective. Very subject. It's subjective. Objectively. Obje- subjective. Your mood is four out of six. Exactly. Seven. Um, Dundies. You didn't give one last time. Was that just last time? And actually, I was in a bad mood last week. You took week. one away from Jim previous. <laughs> so. so I have two extras to give? Yeah. I'm not going to give them this week. Well, we can't give them to the same person. I feel like two people deserve them. So do you want one you can of go mine? first and then see. <laughs> do you want one of my dunnies to give out to the other person? Oh, no, just give what out your regular I... one. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna base mine on who you give yours to, because oh no, because it's because I, I don't want it to be the same. But okay, I'm gonna give my Dundee to. Actually, I'm gonna give three people now. I'm gonna give it to Oscar. Okay, yep, that was one of them. And it's not because he's gay, but it's because he's Mexican. Okay. 
Okay. And I'm really glad that he's back. Yeah. Um, and I just want to thank him for being a stand-up guy, even though he's had to put up with so many microaggressions mm-hmm. and a lot of, not microaggressions, but actual aggressions and sexual assault. So, mm-hmm. well, solidarity. That one that you didn't give out last time, do you want to give that one to someone too? No, I'm going to save it. Okay. Unless you want to give it out. Well, I think I do. Because I, I still have an extra one also because I took one away from Jim. <laughs> so you have four. <laughs> we're going to like, we're gonna have to like little tokens. <laughs> or Dundies. Oh. As they were. Uh, as they were. <laughs> so as I'd, it were. Uh, so I'd really like to give one to our friend Angela. She does a lot of reflection and a lot of healing in a way that doesn't seem completely selfish. It's really being nice to Oscar. Telling Michael the thing she should have been able to tell him last time. Um, and pointing out that Andy's doing a bad job. And then getting getting her her bow back at work. Giving Pam a hug. Yeah. She does as good as she can do. I, like, I really feel like... Uh, For a Christian, she's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like she doesn't have the ability to be as good as some other people. So, like... I feel like she's trying harder to be good this episode than most characters, even when they're really good, are trying. That's actually a great point. Yeah. And I would like to give the other one, if, if I can still have it, I Go would like ahead. for us to give it to Michael, because even though he's a little bit slow, he has to be that big man. Yeah. And even though he wrong. points it out himself a million times, I also think that... <laughs> he does it twice in separate <laughs> speeches. Yeah. Boobs. Yeah. I also think that he is putting aside his ego because if he really did only care about his ego, he would be fine if there's a yes man. He yeah. would actually embrace that. So I think that he does enjoy the fact that sometimes Dwight does challenge him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's a Dundee for you, Michael. But it's weird is that, yeah, Michael wants people to like him and two do. And he doesn't really like either of them. But it turns out he likes Andy even less. But- well, he, he'd like people to not just like him because they want to get ahead in their career, but because they actually, they want, he wants them to suck up because he actually likes him. And I'm not sure that Dwight loves him as much as he thinks he does. But even though I don't think Dwight's trying to get ahead. I mean, well, he did well, try he to is. take over the Yeah, branch. I think he is. It's He's not a a suck up in that way it's like he literally he legitimately loves people that are in power yeah so it's it's not completely pure but it's not as overtly manipulative as what andy does and just in case you thought that andy that you nailed it on that because like he because he is it isn't pure but it is pure of heart well and then just in case you thought that andy was just like a Dwight or something. Then you get at the end, he's going to anger, anger management and he just like tells you what he's going to do. And it's to the same thing yeah. he said he was going to do when he got to Dunder Mifflin. Well, different list, but like the same way. He's like, here's how I'm going to be manipulative to the camera. Like he's trying to be, does he not care? Like it's weird. Does he not care that he's coming off this way in the, is he like a reality show star that's like, I'm going to break all the rules. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna manipulate the system, but I'm going to tell you that I'm doing it. Cause yeah, that's t- interesting, yeah. Because he says he, I'm gonna, he's going to do personality mirroring, 
never breaking out the handshake before and now he's going to nodding smiling mm-hmm, reinforcements like that so it's it's weird he, i think he took psych 101 a few times yeah he did buzz <laughs> too philosophy 101 twice yeah would you still bread for your family to still to feed your family boom the vat theory yeah brain so, and vat what's a vat vat of brains vat that you do not know i'm hungry <laughs> yeah okay well, that was a uh, um, thrilling, exciting, great podcast. Oh, thank you for listening. Go to the off five at gmail dot com. The off five podcast at gmail dot com. The off five podcast at gmail dot com and our Twitter handle. Just kidding. We don't have a Twitter. <laughs> it's a Facebook group and it's very exclusive. But we'll let you in immediately. As long as you answer the question, how did you hear about us? Which I do read. I really like seeing that because I, I want to know how people are creeping on us. The answers are usually like, I am a great American and it was much very fun for me to find a number one <laughs> podcast. So I'm here to not spread uh, gender, but to just uh, <laughs> communicate with, with other fan. <laughs> and I'm like, welcome oh. aboard, buddy. <laughs> Welcome aboard, fellow American. Welcome aboard, Russian bots. Take <laughs> <laughs> okay. like all the Russian bots and here. Can we do a, a surprise segment? What's it called? Uh, it's called, I think I hold up very well to even ex- severe scrutiny. What is it about? It's well, it's the one where we read our reviews on iTunes. Oh, yay! <laughs> oh, yay! Uh, so... Uh, I haven't read this one yet. I'm going to read it right now. I was just checking. Oh, no. I uh, hope this is good. Uh, so let's see. It says it's from... Addie Mo- Evans. Mo- <laughs> <laughs> it's from Mona Hona 1. I, it's M-O-N-A-J-O-N-A. Mona. Is that how you're it? Mona Jonah? I don't know. I don't know either. It says, great podcast. I'm writing this review because soy sauce should never be made of tears. <laughs> so they must have listened to the last episode. <laughs> Uh, this podcast is so witty, funny, punny, and entertaining. Seriously, it is like listening to Tina Belcher and Wyona Ryder talk about the <laughs> office. Oh, listen to their voices, I swear. So I'm Tina Belcher, and you're Wynona Ryder? I don't even know what she sounds like. Neither do I. I've I know what I know what that. Tina Belcher sounds like, because it's Dan Mintz, but... <laughs> well, I mean, she's I like... talking about me being um, Tina. No. And I sound like Wynona? I don't know. <laughs> It is a great time with two people who make each other laugh. What else could you ask for? Aww. Oh, Mona Jonah. Get out. Because on the last episode, I said that every day there's no reviews. I cry a single tear and use the soy sauce. <laughs> that was a bit dramatic, but it got us a review, so I don't care. I uh, love it. Well, if you'd like to give us a review on iTunes, we'll read that one next time. And check out the stuff. Check it out. Check it out. La cucaracha. La cucaracha. La cucaracha. Sriracha? I cucaracha. I'm so sad to see you. Draw me a map, mama. Draw me a map. Oh, man. I can't wait until next podcast to introduce myself as Winona Ryder.
It's kind of like Applebee's. How did they get the rights? Chili's. Oh, I, oh my god! I can't believe Wait, you, got, you okay, did that. Okay, just still raise that part. You can't. <laughs> you can't let them know. Okay. They already think. I don't know anything about Mariah Carey. Okay, unless they listen till the end of the last song, in which case they will hear this. The you don't, you don't ever listen. The last. Oh, the last song. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, I know what you're or talking if about. We put in like something where someone says something stupid in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so 